Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Austin. My name is Ian. And we are so excited to uh, be returning from a very long hiatus from mm -hmm. podcasting. It's been like a solid... <laughs> it's been too fucking long. <laughs> Three months or something? Yeah, literally. I think the last one we released was like the end of, what, March? Yeah, what was the last one? Is Ian a multi-fex guy? It was either that or the Mutron one. I think... Oh, I think it might have been Mutron then the multi effects one. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, that one's funny. Yeah, that one. I listened to that one recently and it was so fucking funny. <laughs> I, yeah, I did a little listening back through the originals and uh, like the few, like the first few, cracks me up because mm -hmm. like you could tell we're just like learning how to get into it, but then at the same time I'm like having the thought, wow, we do, we're doing a pretty killer job for of people who have never podcasted. Faking it. Yeah, totally, that, totally. But, so Ian, what have you been up to? Ian and I have remained friends, even without podcasting. <laughs> even though podcasting was maybe one of the things that got us closer, arguably, you could say. Right. But I feel like our friendship has gotten closer. Totally. I don't know that we'd um, even be friends if mm -hmm. it wasn't for podcasting. Because we, like, became friends. It's just a little history for everybody. We became friends, like, probably in November, just, like, end of November last year. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we met each other and then just like the second or third time we hung out, Austin was like, man, have you ever thought of like, Hey dude, do you like guitar pedals? <laughs> yeah. He's like, have you ever thought of doing a podcast? And I was like, yeah, totally. And then you're like, oh, what if we did one like about guitar effects? And I just thought, yeah, why, like, why, why not? not? Yeah. What, you know? Uh, so we kind of came together and then, yeah, I don't know. We've actually become good friends, I think because of the podcast. Yeah, I think so. What have I been up to, um, to circle back to your question? I mean, all sorts of things. Um, finished out a school semester, studying something I hate. You did a big jump. Yes. You did a big loop around. Yeah, totally. Actually, probably right around that time we did our, our last podcast that we um, published mm -hmm. was when, yeah, I did this total 360 and just decided to go full bore into music. Yeah. Um, and no longer so what kind of music you back. Do? Are you just going to be, I know myself, but if you like want to tell the world of like what you're going to do in the music industry. Right. Um, I love show tunes. So <laughs> <laughs> Broadway, <laughs> Broadway, I'm trying to be on Broadway, man. <laughs> you know, I think I'll find out more as I go. And I realize that at least looking at being a musician or being in the industry, it seems like and maybe you could attest to this. You end up doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. But I'm leaning toward uh, this music industry degree at Cal State Northridge. Just for the very fact that like it gets you involved in like their record label that they run there. Gets you involved in some of the industry. And then you Cal State has a record label? Yeah. Crazy. Their own student run record label. Or student run record label. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool, right? That's crazy. Yeah. What artists are on there? I have no idea. We could find out. That's weird. Because I wonder like who signs the bands? The right. School? I, I want to... If it's I, like school owned, yeah, that makes sense. But like if it's student ran, what happens when the student graduates, you know? Right. I have no idea. I want to say it's something like uh, the administrators maybe work with certain students to find that type of thing. Maybe it's available for students to record their projects. That would kind of make sense. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I bet it's like other studios in some ways where they just pass roles down to whoever's coming up through it. Um, 
But, you know, I don't know that they teach audio engineering there, so they must have people, like, hired or coming in from the outside. I don't know. To do that type of stuff. I guess I'll find out, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been leaning toward that because I feel like, and this is all, you know, me just, you know, hypothesizing, but I feel like, you know, the path I see is I'll work with people in the music industry trying to make money uh-huh. that I'd have to make it a day job elsewhere while also trying to do studio work with people and play in a band. And so I think I want to do, I guess, a little bit of everything, yeah. you know, to answer your question, like very specifically, like I'd hope to maybe work in a studio, maybe record in a studio, helping people like fill in and play instruments, guitar and bass or something on people's records. Yeah. And then just play my own stuff. You're about to release your record, right? With Tillman. <laughs> yeah, dude. With Tillman. I was helping Tillman do like bass lines, essentially for his, he does like, uh, I don't want to put him in a box, but like sort of SoundCloud style rap beats. That's big right now though. Very big. That SoundCloud sound. Yes. Like lo-fi. He doesn't really do lo-fi stuff, but that lo-fi chill rap beats. Totally. Like people listening on SoundCloud. That's pretty big right now. Yeah, that like FL, like the Fruity Loops. Yeah. Like 2011, 2012, people just keeping it super simple, uh-huh. like hi-hats, rides, mm-hmm. occasional 808 in there. But like, <laughs> yeah. it's very stripped down compared to what you could produce, mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah, I just was doing that with him, and him and I would occasionally make a song that was more sort of both of us. He'd come in, we'd start bouncing ideas back and forth i'd play a bass line i'd get my guitar out write a little guitar part and we just decided hey like you know the name of the game is to create so we might as well just release something totally you're also just sitting on your hard drive exactly and that point it's not doing anything right it's just a waste of time right and so which is worse <laughs> yeah exactly like, i'd rather put something out and have someone say like this is awful i hate this or like i hate your production i hate your guitar tone Rather than just have something on my hard drive where it just doesn't do anything, you know? Right, exactly. Like, I'm sure it's been multiple people have said this, but basically the idea, like, any feedback is good feedback, right? It's better to be talked about some than not at all. And I feel like negative feedback is better than positive feedback. Because it's still constructive, and it's also still people having an emotional reaction to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Even if it kind of upsets them. They care about it, and it's notable in some way, even if it's because they don't like it, right? Mm-hmm. That should be out in the next, like, we're hoping, like, the next week or two, um, we just have, like, one more track to finalize. Are you looking just to release on SoundCloud only? You're going to do the whole all-music platforms, like, you know, Spotify? I th- and all yeah, that. I think we're going to go for it. Um, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Hell yeah. YouTube, even, I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, why not, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what you did with Western Waters, right? Yeah, for the EP. But yeah. Western Waters, which is a band that I play in and also record and um, write and produce, but we have so many songs on the hard drive that probably won't make it on any sort of record, you know? Yeah, totally. Just because it's just like ideas being thrown around. Totally. That's the other argument of it, where it's like, just because you have a song doesn't mean it's worth releasing. Totally is the other side of that. Yeah. Right? yeah. But like, if you like it and you dig it, just put it out there. Right. That's right. Been, that's been my motto for the last week. My motto changes weekly, though. (laughs) Right. Like this quarter-life crisis. (laughs) Quarter-life crisis. Hey, man, me too. Well, I think you have to innovate how you feel about everything pretty frequently. Because Mm -hmm. if you're not, like, looking for new ways of looking 
at the world, or at least ready, if you're not looking to, I think, improve upon your worldview, I think you get stagnated, you know? Yeah. Especially like creatively, like you're talking about, you know, I would have probably two or three months ago felt like, oh no, I'm not just releasing something I, you know, I mean, we literally work on these tracks for a few hours, like every week or week and a half. And so it's like, and they're quick takes, like we'll finish a song in like 30 minutes. And so like three months ago, I probably would have been like, oh, hell no. Like I'm not releasing that, but I'm kind of in that same space you're in where it's like, you might as well. I mean, you're yeah. only going to be on this planet so long. Like who totally. cares? Even if it, even if you look back and don't lo- love it, it's like, yeah, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, the world's not going to like shame you for releasing something. No. Unless it, you're this big pop star and then you release this album that's super far out. People are probably going to give you shit for it, but like nothing bad's going to happen. People still buy it. People will still buy it. Yeah. And they Maybe still Maybe more people will buy it because it's, you know, not what they expected. Exactly. You might as well release things. I've been thinking about it recently, like exercising, just get in the reps. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it doesn't hurt you to, to release something. So... Yeah, look out for that. The album's going to be called Channels. We haven't finalized the name. We think the project name, the alias, will be Wave Crusher. Nice. What does yeah. that mean? Surfing or no, audio waves? More related to audio waves. Yeah. You know, um, I think there was this whole like radio uh, theme going on for us because we feel like when you when we get together to create, it's always something radically different, vibe wise. Uh-huh. style-wise. So we just felt like in some ways um, it's like switching through radio channels when you're listening to the record because it's there's a consistent creativity there that you could tie to like our styles, but it's not, every song's really different. Yeah, Some feels like more like a rap banger and then other ones feel more like this chill wave, I don't even know, lo-fi, like just chilled out, like yeah. instrumental so more guitar heavy yeah some, some gets more guitar heavy others mm-hmm. it's like the guitar is very minimal so i don't know we just wanted wave in the name and we've just been throwing a lot of different things around mm-hmm. but yeah you know we're just getting on different wavelengths i think that's part oh. of it right crushing sound waves crushing wavelengths mm-hmm. just having fun with it just having fun. i don't know we're just having fun with it we are man <laughs> you know it's like not trying to take it too seriously i think that's a whole like name of the game with it I think that's a thing that I've been doing too much recently, like taking everything too seriously. Like I've been so stressed with just my life and my work recently because I've quit in a sense, like my day job, you know, mm-hmm. so I've just been working freelance and just doing mixes and mastering other songs for people, like not necessarily my own. And I just feel like there's always this stress. Everything you do has to be perfect. Whatever you do, like if I'm working on a song, and I feel like it's not going to go anywhere. I get so discouraged to do something. I kind of just reminded myself yesterday, I was just noodling on the guitar. That just, you can noodle on the guitar and just play for fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you can still play for yourself, even if you do work in the music industry. Right. And I just forgot about that the other day. Yeah, I you know. Mean? It's easy to, I think, get into that trap. And especially probably at the level that you are involved in the industry, especially, you know, I know being like an engineer around sort of the mixing producing mastering side like the whole sound engineering side of it in general uh-huh. i'm i could imagine you get even further into that headspace where it's like you're thinking about everything very seriously and a lot of like thoughts probably fall in line with like is this good is this a right take is this the right style like 
there's a lot of dissection, yeah. right? Yeah, and I just yeah, I feel like I forgot why I chose to do music. You know, because I love music. I love playing music, and I love listening to music, and I just love talking about music. And I just reminded myself, like, you can still do all that stuff for fun while also working in there. You know, totally. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a weird moment for me. It's a powerful moment, I think, um, and I relate to it. You know, I think that's part of even why I made this 360 myself was like realizing I absolutely love music and I, I everything you just said, essentially, I love playing it. I love talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that was part of the decision, just realizing that all the greats out there, whoever made something wonderful, did it because they loved it. They just loved showing up and creating something wonderful that came from their heart or came from a deep creative space of like, yeah. That wasn't edited, you know? And I think for me, I was existing in this edited version of my life where it's like, oh, I'll do this other thing and then music can be on the side. And it's like, why not that be the main course? In some ways, you have to strike this balance between taking it very seriously and not seriously at all. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a certain swag. I was talking with um, Ian and I's mutual friend, Sean Williamson. <laughs> It's a fresh LaCroix <laughs> popping. Fresh LaCroix, sponsored by LaCroix. But I was talking to... <laughs> I was talking to our friend Sean. Um, he lives in Nashville now. He moved out to Nashville to um, pursue a career in uh, music, being a producer and engineer. But he was saying that there's a certain swagger in a successful musician or in a successful engineer, producer, like who have it, A&R, label. There's a certain swag and confidence about yourself that I feel like I'm not quite there yet. I don't know about Ian, but I feel like it's that calmness that you have. Right. Like the comfortability mm -hmm. in yourself that you're not perfect and everything you're, you're going to do is perfect, but that's why people want you. Right. You know? Right. I, I, I totally, I know exactly what you're saying. And like I, don't I always bend really sharp. When mm -hmm. I bend and I solo on the guitar, I'm bending up. I go sharp. If I'm confident in myself, instead of saying like, oh, I'm sharp all the time, that's just like my style. Right. And instead of just not dissecting it, and leaning into it and letting it happen as it's happening. Yeah. I think I engage in a similar thing where it's like I then am judging it from this place that's very disconnected from just like you said, creating. I think what you're saying is like from creating from this sort of calm place where you're just being honest with what's coming out of your instrument or yourself. Because I think that's what a lot of great musicians have or great creators creative types have even extending out into art and comedy is like trusting and believing in your signature as a person as a creator because there is a certain soul signature or creative signature to everyone and i know ex and i relate to what you're saying about like you know the swagger or that confidence i i don't know that i'm quite there yet but i think i'm realizing that aspect of it a little more for myself and I'm realizing how I could get there a little more. And I think it yeah. involves like realizing what you're about and what you're not about. You know about what I mean musically. though, right? Like when you talk to a, like a session player that plays guitar and like they plan all these cool records that you want to be on. And <laughs> you just spilled some McCoy on him. You know, like talking to him, you like you can feel the vibe of them. It's so hard to explain. No, but it but you are explaining it, and you're you're hitting it on the head. I think it's just there. It's an energetic thing. It's a presence. It's a mindset. Mm -hmm. It's like a work ethic. It's like 
I'm here. I've done the work. I, I almost related to like a runner. Like, you know, there's a certain calmness to runners, people who do like long distance running. Yeah. It's because like they've, they've, they've trudged through the hard times, the good times. They put in the repetitions. They've like been down that road. And I think it's the same thing with those players you're sent, you're talking about. Like they know it doesn't help to be overly analytical about themselves at least this is what i get from the outside yeah like they have to have that in order to produce the best stuff that's going to come out of them you know yeah like i think they realize how crucial that is you know i've been thinking about recently too it's on the same subject but i feel like working in the music industry it's a little different it's like it's not an office job where you know you show up at nine whatever you go to your desk go to your cubicle sell stuff you're a salesman you go home at five all that kind of stuff, you know, like right. the people that you work with, you're going to work with maybe in smaller room or medium to large sized room for like 10 to 12 hours at a time. You just think on top of being like a cool dude or whatever, like cool, calm dude, confident in yourself. You also have to like get along with those people. So like goes back to the whole thing of being like a good hang kind mm -hmm. of thing. And I feel like that's where the swagger comes in. Cause you know, you're in a recording session and say, you're the assistant or you're the engineer and you're so anal on what you're doing. I'm talking specifically on the audio side because that's all I know. But like you're so anal on what you're doing and you're so like strict and stiff. Like, no, don't, don't hit the drums like that. Or don't play that hard. Like you're fucking up my compressor, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like then it creates a bad vibe. And I feel like that's what the swagger is. It's kind of just like going with the flow of what's going on. Right. You know? Right. Totally. And being cool with it, being able to adapt to that. Right. I feel no, like that's something that I'm still learning how to do. No, I get what you're saying. You know completely. What I, mean? I totally understand what you're getting at. Like I, I get that I think you're saying a few things. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one thing you're saying is like having that confidence, that cool, calm collectedness in yourself as a player, as like a maybe an engineer, but then also having that extend out into like your personal relations with people when you're dealing mm -hmm. with them and like I think those people have practiced it, but also realized like that the more they can have a deeper trust in themselves and the people they're working with, the better it's going to go. At least that's what I think kind of is being translated. So like, like you said, if you, if you get all up in a drummer's face and you're telling him, Oh, you know, you're hitting it too hard. It's not the right thing. Like that can, I think then detract from his performance or his, uh, just feel that he's going to actually put into the record. So I think like, you know, those people who have that swagger to use your word have learned how to communicate effectively to the people they're working with. Yeah. And also yeah. learned like how to make what they have available to themselves as skill and talent. Like, yeah, cause that's really a good thing work. to put out too. Cause like if you're producing an album and the drums shouldn't be hit that hard, like there's some, I feel like we're, I'm using the word swagger too much, but like there's some way to approach like wisdom, right? Like that's oh, oh, a wisdom's good, great. Yeah. That's a good, there's word, some right? wisdom that an experienced person has that approaches the musician to like keep the, the vibe going mm -hmm. and not make him very stressed out. You know? Right. I don't know how we got to this situation of personal interaction with musicians in the studio, but 
I think that's all, just been in my head recently. I don't no, know. it all relates, man. I, I think being in the creative industry, like music, you have to find that for yourself. And I think you're saying like, you're still working on it. I certainly am. Mm -hmm. I keep thinking of the word trust and there's like a deep trust in just like the process and the, and your own self and knowing, okay, I've been here before. Um, and even if I haven't, even if there's new stuff presenting itself, the only way we're all going to move through this in a better way through the creative process is just by me adding a positive contribution to things and not being this yeah. like sort of, I don't know, this disruptor in the session, whether that's like with attitude or how you're playing, like how you're dealing with the people around you. I just think there's this wisdom there. I know what you're saying though, mm -hmm. like complete, there's a wisdom there to those like experienced session guys or engineers or even people who just, like you said, do A&R, you know, there, there's a certain confidence yeah. I think there's like, to go back to your bending point, I don't know, like, don't you think there's um, something to figuring out your own feel and touch on things and realizing like, you don't have to replicate any style at any moment. I think, like, I've been realizing that recently, like, it's great to know different styles, but it's like, if something isn't you, I think there's something to be said about like, realizing it's not you and just being like, mm, I don't have that in me or like, I'm not going to, mm. I don't have that. It's like not within me. I don't know to do that specific thing or that yeah. type of part. I don't know. I was watching this documentary about session players and this piano guy was talking about how to be a good session player specifically for the piano. You have to be able to switch like we're going to do a jazz piece and then in a couple hours we're going to do this New Orleans swing and just being able to play those things. And I think having that knowledge of what that means you know, being in a room where the producer says, I want this to feel... Like bebop. Yeah, bebop. And then if you could just be like, oh, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Whip it out, you know? Yeah. But I think still holding on to how you actually play alone right. with yourself and like where you kind of placed your roots, I think is important. That's a better way of saying what I'm trying to say. I think that's a great way of saying it. Like you, you should definitely, you know, be able to go from jazz to reggae to rock mm -hmm. in one session if you need to. But I think... Like sort of holding on to how you would do it is a great way of saying it. Like and and kind of re recognizing some ways that you would do like take like do a take. That's like a way that somebody else might do a take for a jazz record isn't the way you're gonna do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if it's the same same notes, same everything. Y yes, exactly. And yeah, I, I think that's piece. kind of what I'm getting at. It's like realizing, okay, that's not within me. I'm not Chikoria. I'm not. Bill Evans, I guess I'm thinking of like legends right now. I don't know a lot of session piano players, but to like think like, oh, I'm not them. I'm Ian Resch. I don't play piano, but like I'm Ian Resch. Like how would I do this take with the mm -hmm. given music? Yeah. Um, and I think it relates back to this, like this swagger, this wisdom you're talking about. It's like you kind of learn where you're at as a player and you realize what you can do and can't do, you know? Yeah. Because if someone's contacting you to record on their session, record on their song, and play whatever instrument, they're contacting you because they like your style. They like how you play, you know? Mm-hmm, totally. Kind of thing. Like, they like how you phrase everything. They like your dynamics and all that stuff. Right. But there still is that stress of, like, you know, we have limited time to do this. I mm -hmm. was recording Pedal Steel a while back, and he came in, set up. I think he did a couple songs, like an hour to two hours, and he just left, you know? That's a pro- it's a pro. He's great. Yeah.
No, but I mean, I, I think you're making a good point. I mean, that's yeah. when you are at that pro level. It's like you just know what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. It's like being a like a like a mason. If you're, I'm just relating this because I did masonry if, if like probably four or five years ago. But like, if you are doing fascia, which is like this fake stone you put on the side of a house, like yeah. After the first, like, even just three or four times, you're like, you know exactly what needs to be done. You know what tools you need. So you show up, you bust the job out as fast as possible. And I think there's the same thing. Experience thing. These musicians Mm -hmm. um, who have really done it a long time or enough. Yeah. It's a great topic you brought up. I think it's things I've been thinking about a lot recently. Just how do you get to that place how do you train that? How do you do that even in an isolated way? Yeah, I think it's just taking all the gigs you could get, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't focused at all on being a session player mm-hmm. or trying to do that. Like, I'll play guitar on my friend's songs for fun and stuff like that just because I have so much guitar gear. But I wouldn't call myself a session guitarist. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't think I'm at that level of skill where I can come in on anybody's track and just play. Yeah, me and, neither. Well, I mean, you do, though, in a way, you know? Because you filled in for Western Waters, Tillman. Sure. And then your style. Sure. And those are all very different styles. You know, your your style's a little bit more jazz and blues. Tillman's is hip hop. Western Waters is singer-songwriter. You know, so mm-hmm. in a way, you're kind of like adapting. Right, but I, I see it as like... Like for me, example, like I play guitar in Western Waters, mm-hmm. electric guitar. So I have this very specific electric guitar sound that maybe arguably Western Waters based its whole sound around. It's the sound of my pedals. Yeah. My pedal chain, stopbox situation plug. Um, So when I've done sessions in the past with my pedals and my gear, and like my amps and all all that shit, a lot of people have said it sounds too Western Waters. It sounds too Western Waters-like, which is cool because like, you know, there's this tag on on the band in itself. You know, like the band has a specific sound. The band's not big at all. We have like 30 listens. But the people that do know me, because I don't advertise at all as a session guy or just my friends, but a lot of them say it sounds too Western Waters-like. Right. You know, or I'll produce a song and try to send it to a friend, and then they'll typically say, like, it sounds too Western Waters-y. <laughs> and it's so interesting, because I don't know what I'm doing, you know? Right. Like, I'm not being like, I'm going to write a Western Waters tune. Mm-hmm. Even though I do that, sometimes I sit down to specifically write for Western Waters or somebody else, but when I just write, it just sounds very specific. That's why I feel like I'm not at the level of a session player. No, I do know what you mean. I guess I'm thinking about like the nuances of that idea. Because like, some of it's a compliment, right? Like You have developed some specific sound on your guitar, with your equipment like there's a style you have and then also as a as an engineer or a producer like there's a style you possess there's a specific style but it's very boxed in though that's the shitty thing you know yeah i hear what you're saying like on one side of it i feel like you're saying or i'm just assuming you feel like you'd want to break out of that or know how to break out of that in a more varied way like so if you needed to go into some whole new box you're kind of saying like I'm hearing this like from mm. you. Maybe I'm not mm-hmm. right, but sounds like you're saying like you don't want to come in and make it Western Watersy sometimes, and then you do, and you're like, oh fuck, that's not really what I was trying to do here, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like on the other side of it again, like you know, 
I think about certain producers. Yeah, certain producers have their sound too. Yeah, and people you know, go to them specifically for that sound. For that totally. sound, like you pointed out to me the other day, the guy who worked on um, I don't know if he was the producer or the head engineer, but the guy who worked on um Casey Musgraves' new album. Yeah, newer album. You were saying he's like the same guy who worked on War on Drugs, right? Yeah. And and instantly I was like, yeah, I really could hear that. You know, you could hear his you style hear mixed the, in there. Yeah. So I could imagine a scenario where someone related to Casey or Casey ourselves was like, I want that guy, you know? And he came in and did his thing. So some of it I could see is like not bad at all, but I see what you're saying on the other side. Like maybe you'd want to bust out of that a little bit. Mm-hmm. In a way, I think I just want to bust out of that because I just want to be able to experience new things at the moment, you know? I want to be able to sit down and say, I want to make a hip hop beat right now. I've never done that. So I don't know how hard that is because I write everything on an acoustic. So I have no idea how to start that. Right. right. But you know what I mean? Yeah. I just want to be a little bit more diverse and understand the different genres and how all the, like the process of all that goes. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Scratch. But I'm probably going to stay in the more organic side of music, like live instruments and drums, bass, electric acoustic and all that stuff because i really enjoy recording those things but i think as of production wise it just seems interesting to learn other techniques of other producers and see if i can adopt some of the stuff i like from that and put into you know right some totally. things that i like from here and then create this big pot of, of yeah, tools totally just increase my tool bag yeah dude i i definitely hear where you're coming from i mean because you were saying a little bit earlier, like, oh, that's kind of what you do already when I was saying, like, I don't really feel like I have that ability to come in and be a session player, like, come in and do specific styles. You're like, oh, but you kind of are doing it. And I think, I don't know, just as a response to that, I think, and, and in relation to this conversation, just, I think, like, I really just, like, I don't know, I have a lot of, I don't know why athletic metaphor is coming through right now, but... Mm-hmm. I relate to being like a runner, you know, it's like, I feel like I'm doing five K's. So eventually I can do a marathon, you know? And so I'm coming in and I'm trying to do hip hop stuff. And sometimes I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. Same things coming in with you guys. Like there were some moments playing on your songs where it's like, I don't really know what to do here. I'm not sure what sounds yeah, good. I mean, it, you still like kept yourself though. That's the thing, mm-hmm. which goes back to the topic that we brought up earlier. Like you still kept it Ian. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't try to play like me. Right. Which is, the, which, you know, it's like, I write all the guitar parts and there's multiple guitar parts on the songs, but like, you didn't try to replicate me. You still played, like you played the parts, but you played them how you would play them. Right. Right. That's a good, the Ian way. You know? Yeah. That's a good point. I appreciate that. Seriously. I do. I feel like that's to me a compliment at least because I like to be able to do that where like preserve a little bit of me in whatever it is I'm doing. Cause I'd like to, I want to, cause I don't feel like I'm quite at that skill yet where I could come in and do all sorts of records or do all sorts of things with, you know, like if someone wanted me to play in a certain style band, I don't know that I could pull it off necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel maybe like my tool bag is that big yet, but I'm trying to work on that. Cause I too would like to be able to get to a place where I feel more comfortable, like, soliciting people and saying like hey if you want me to play on this funk album or this um reggae thing or this jazz thing or this like bebop i don't know like i'd like to be able to like have a confidence in going in there and doing it justice while still maybe kind of keeping it in a feel that i would have yeah i think you just got to do it man mm-hmm. i think you just got to get in there 
and just do it and have that really bad session. Have that really awkward session where nobody's digging the stuff that you're playing, you know, and just power through it. <laughs> right. And then you go home and you question if you should keep your guitars or you think, should I just sell one of them? You know, not all of them, or should I just sell one of them? You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Just I get do. that bad session out of the way. It's mm-hmm. like having that bad interview. Right. I feel like you learn more from that bad interview because you realize like where you're weak at. Right. I think that's, I, I totally agree. I, like, I got kicked agree. out of a session a while ago, a couple years ago. I got kicked out of like a punk session. Oh, wow. Because I just didn't fit the vibe. I was too, um, hey guys. I was the assistant. So I was like, do you guys need any water? So like, just literally any... your, your interpersonal. Just like too customer service-y. Right. You and, know, and I think right. it just like gave them a weird vibe. Like they don't want this fucking 19 year old kid. I don't know all that was. I don't know, 19, 20 year old kid. Like watching over, they're, like watching every move that they make, trying to predict like when they want water. Right. Or predict when they want coffee. It was like too stiff for them or it was too. Yeah. yeah. They just wanted to get in this nice space and just record mm-hmm. and work on their songs. And like, I get it. Like at the time, I was kind of bummed out, but. Looking back now, I totally could see like just this fucking random ass kid staring at you, watching your every move and just kind of creeping you out. You know? Totally. I wouldn't want that. Totally. I think it's necessary for sure to have like some bad moments mm-hmm. and some moments where you get an evaluation of what you need to work on if you actually want to do the stuff you want to do, right? Like, yeah. so even just playing with some guys over the last few months, it, it, like, you know, I've gone home many times. I've been like, wow, I got to hit the metronome more. Wow, I got to work on my, you know, modes and scales. And I especially am looking forward or looking toward this coming like semester and um, transferring probably either in the fall of this next year or the spring. And like, yeah. I just look at like auditioning, like getting in, like playing with all sorts of different people. And I'm like, I'm seeing it like there's some work to be done. You know what I mean? Like there's some shit I need to do to prepare to get to that place. Cause I've um, seen, I've had, I mean, I've had those moments where, and sometimes it just takes something casual. Like we met up a couple times with um, our buddies in jammed and they're very technically talented players. Um, and it was like, I walked out of there and I was like, damn, like I just can't keep up with that. You know, I'm not there yet. And so I think over the next probably few years i mean it's probably going to be i think probably be a while you know i think in some ways before you really like have that certain confidence we were talking about earlier yeah but i think there will be a lot of sessions and a lot of moments where it's just like oh shit oh fuck this is awkward (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. so you're trying to remember the changes and you can't remember the changes totally it's super awkward or they want you to rip out a certain style solo and you just don't have it Oh, yes. That's always Dude. very uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Maybe you don't have the speed. Maybe you don't have like the technicality. Yeah. I was on stage once yeah. and I was playing with this one band that was just kind of more Southern rock-like. It was a bit more of like a free band. You know, you have the liberty of kind of doing whatever you want. Right. Like, like it's not like, okay, you got a 40-second solo, hit yeah, it, it's we're like done. You're going to yeah. solo for four bars, we're going to hit the chorus, and you're done. It's kind of like... We're going to feel it. We'll feel it out. It's kind of like a jam band in a way, but Southern rock. Mm -hmm. And um, we're up on stage and it's my time to solo. Like the time to solo is, is known like that's planned. Right. I'm going to solo here, but you don't know how long you're going to solo or like what style we're going to solo in. And it happened to be like a Texas shuffle 
Like somehow we burst bursted out into a Texas shuffle. And I have no fucking idea how to play a Texas shuffle so well. And he's like, give me some of that shuffle. And he said that in the mic. And I was like, oh, fuck, okay. <laughs> and you're like, whipped uh, on an OD. I turned on my OCD, and then I was like, all right, let's go for it. And I started just bending, like a bunch of bends, which is completely not a Texas shuffle. Like, I was thinking of, like, SRV kind of stuff, you know? Right. Like, long lines, slides, maybe. That kind of shit, you know? Right, some very quick pentatonic stuff. Some very quick yeah. stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just can't play that, so I was doing like a lot of bends and like really slow stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I didn't get called back, but yeah. <laughs> it's one of those moments. One of those moments, yeah. Yeah, you just, it, yeah. It was worse because people were watching too. Uh, I know, but, that's uh, that's not a good feeling, right? Yeah. I remember being on stage and we busted into like a quick, like country blues you know, oh like God. a very fast-paced country blues, like super fast pace. Uh-huh. And there's this one guy who's on, I mean, both both guitar players on stage. I mean, literally everybody on stage is like, was like a more talented musician than me and more experienced at least. And a lot of them formerly trained, especially this one guitarist. But like, so there's my buddy who's kind of virtuoso, has perfect pitch you put a song on and he can like tell you what key it's in in the first like four seconds those guys are so stressful to play with oh he i know what you're saying yeah it it really can be luckily i would say he's probably the coolest person i've ever played with who's like that he's very laid back he's very encouraging and positive but it's still stressful on the inside because it's like you're comparing yourself to them inevitably. Yeah. Or you're feeling like, in competition with them. You know they really can hear you. Yes. You they, know they really, like, they know what you're doing. Yeah. Hear you on that other level, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other guy who plays is, like, very talented. You know, he's done, like, Berkeley's online program, or he's part of it now or something, but very talented. And so they're just, like, ripping it up. And then it's, like, my turn to solo. Mm-hmm. And... You know what I do? I was, I, this was like six months into me being like an electric guitarist. And I was like, I just shit the bed. And that happens so many times with, with those same cats. Yeah. But it's like, you learn from it because it's like, well, it is what it is. What it is. And you also learn, like you hear, you listen to them and, and it's, I don't know. It's something you actually become grateful for because you're like, well, at least they have me on stage and they realize like I'm in the process of learning, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. So uncomfortable though when you got 40 people there watching. Yeah, it's worse. It just, it's like, oh, it's like, okay. Okay. Yeah, so. Typically I turn on a delay. I turn on a reverb. I turn on a tremolo and it just affects the fuck out of my guitar. And then people usually say, oh, you're like a soundscape guy. But, but no i just don't know how to play right or they tell you like <laughs> oh you must like this band and you're like i don't know that like, band and they're like oh man they're shoegazy you'd love them no i just <laughs> i just don't know how to play <laughs> yeah joe what does joe bonamesa call oh he calls reverb uh the uh, the mistake eraser <laughs> oh yeah yeah reverb is makeup tomo fujita always talks about that too um i took like a few lessons with him and in those lessons he would always talk about like turning your reverb off completely like like when you're practicing don't use any reverb don't use any effects at all when you're practicing when you're just jamming around sure maybe you make a loop on your pedal or something and then you're jamming okay go ahead but like he said if it's like really for the purpose of practicing he's like don't use reverb 
Makes sense. Because he's like, you want to hear everything exactly as it is. And I, yeah, it just makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about being in a music program and I'll probably start connecting with even more people and playing with more people. And I'm, yeah, you probably will. I'm anticipating those moments for sure where you're just plowed by the train. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. <laughs> like the train's coming and you just don't get on. You're just in front of it. <laughs> yeah, he's getting nailed. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I'm like grateful for being able to play with someone like you or being able to do stuff with Tillman or even looking ahead at like trying to be in a music program and like the practice that goes into it and just realizing like that there are people you can learn from. People are generally pretty supportive in the creative industry mm-hmm. and it's a long road ahead, like a mountain to climb and you kind of just have to keep going up it and realizing like, you know, and you're in it for the long you haul. you realize that you'll be at the top. Yeah. Right. Or you're at a place where you're happy and you're like, oh, I'm going to keep climbing, but I'm happy with where I'm at, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we really appreciate everybody tuning in and checking out this episode. And we had a blast making it. I know I say that every time, but it genuinely is fun. But he's not lying, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not lying. I'm just a person who genuinely enjoys the stuff I choose to do. Mm-hmm. Because why the fuck else do it? Next episode, we're going to talk about playing music that you don't typically enjoy. Right. Maybe being in a band that isn't, you know, the style of music you'd personally create. As always, you can reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We have our podcasts up on YouTube and iTunes or the podcast app. And if you want to reach out to us, you can get us at stompboxpod at gmail.com. As always, we really appreciate you tuning in. And we will catch you next week. Thanks so much.